on today's expose, we are doing Jean Grey. It rhymes. (laughs) 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 It's very exciting. So Jean Grey debuted in X-Men number one because she was an original member. (laughs) Whoa. I, le- I learned something just now. I did not know she had Elaine in her name. Jean Elaine Gray Summers? That's new to me. See, this is why I'm not a professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's got like, you know, telekinetic and telepathic and empathic and all kinds of cool little powers. You know, she debuted as Marvel Girl and she- Jean Gray and Phoenix are some of her other names. Phoenix. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's what I got for you for expose. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I go where I wanna go. Jean. Scott. Jean. Welcome to Solving for X. My name is Sean, the ultimate excavationist. And I'm something of an X fan myself, Kevin. And I'm so excited because we've been teasing it. We've been teasing. We're about to get all the guests, all the guests, starting with <laughs> Warpath Dylan. How are you, you are you, our sir? first for the saga. Ooh, oh, like, it's really funny because if you know how much I quote unquote love Gene, it's great that I get to be the first one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Now, were you aware that Jean Grey is the secret villain of episode, or season one of the show? I mean, I feel like she's the secret villain of the entire series. But... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I didn't go big enough. <laughs> so, uh, Dylan, can you tell us a little bit about, like, what's your history with X-Men? What got you into it? Uh, yeah, I... I... My when I was younger, my older brother read comics. He read like everything, and X Men was one of them. And I just liked looking at the pictures, and uh, the X Men ones stuck out a lot to me because of Storm, because there wasn't really black characters in many of the other comics. And uh, then when I started like really actually reading them, there was a character named Warpath that was in this other X-Men type book and he was big and muscly and pretty. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I fell in love with him and then, yeah, I just have been reading X-Men comics for ever. It seems like, and um, then I started a Facebook group a few years ago and a lot of people tend to like that Facebook group. And then I decided to, join an X-Men podcast, but then I didn't necessarily like the way it was ran, so then I left and started my own. Yeah. Nice. And you do the whole cosplay stuff, too, with your... <gasps> yes. And yes. Now I cosplay a lot, and most <laughs> of my cosplay is X-Men. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yes, I actually, I follow you, and I always see your cute cosplays, so very well done. Oh, thank you. 
He was at LA Comic Con. You missed him, probably. Oh, I did. Yeah, he was there, too, so... <laughs> Sean was there. Oh, did you miss me? I was at Kevin's table. Like a lot. You were there a lot. Yeah, three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is exciting. And um, to your memory, is there like any X Men comics that stick out to you? Like any of the sagas or anything like that? Um, there was a crossover event that was called the Phalanx Covenant, and it's oh. kind of what started the Generation X book. So that the Phalanx Covenant's my favorite crossover X Men event thing. Nice, yeah, that's when <laughs> that one holds a very near and dear to my heart because that's when uh, Emma kind of like switches sides, and you really you really get a softer side of Emma when she sees all her students die. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Very nice. All right, so let's talk our previously on segment. So last week's question was, who was giving Wolverine the cryptic messages? The spirit thinker using the captives' voices or the actual captives to warn him? So I think we both agreed that we think it was the actual captives, right? Right. All right. So this came out to about 20 people voted, and it's 50-50. We didn't. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's I mean because we talked about the it too though because it could go either way. It was very confusing. We had to really narrow it down, get into the fine details to even come up to our conclusion. So, I mean, really, they could explore that in so many ways. Yeah, there's very compelling arguments on both sides. So yeah, I guess this answer will forever go unanswered. Yeah, or maybe and maybe sometimes it was the captives and sometimes it was the alien. Maybe it wasn't True. all or nothing. Maybe it could have been a mix. There we go. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> That's our headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get into our episode. So this one, this is uh, the Phoenix Saga Part 1. What's it called? <laughs> the Sacrifice, right? Sacrifice. I was like, sabotage. It's just the Sacrifice. No, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, Sacrifice. <laughs> and this aired September 5th, ninety four. Written by Michael Edens, directed by Larry Houston. This is kind of the first time, besides Days of Future Past, that Marvel allowed the X-Men show to really dig into one of its biggest materials. Because this had been out, what, like uh, 10 to 15 years since the Dark Phoenix saga. So this was a big risk for Marvel to be like, yeah, sure, adapt it. And I guess we'll talk about through this five-parter. How well they did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this adapts Uncanny X-Men 100 to 108, which came out in August 76. And I kind of tease this, Kevin, but would you like to hear about the Star Wars connection? I mean, you're going to tell me anyway, so let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad you're compliant. (laughs) So at this point in time, Marvel was kind of struggling and uh, they were given this contract to do a six part uh, comic book series for Star Wars, which was still in development. But it was getting a lot of buzz because it was like the first kind of big sci fi of its time. A lot of people expected it to fail, including uh, Mark Hamill. So in uh, 76, late 76, they got this contract and that's when Marvel was like, oh, wow 
we're about to get real spacey, y'all, because there's already things like <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey, things like that, Star Trek. So Marvel said, hey, Chris Claremont, we need something spacey. We need a space epic. So this is where I say Star Wars inspired Marvel and X-Men especially to do one of the biggest X-Men events that we all love X-Men for. So X-Men can really attribute that to Star Wars in some way. See? And Full it was circle. interesting. <laughs> the uh, Star Wars six-parter <laughs> did so well that some people say it saved Marvel from bankruptcy that time until like the late <laughs> 90s when they went through it again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So that's my little Star Wars soapbox. I oh, like to rub you. it in Kevin's face, Dylan, because do. he doesn't love Star Wars. So I always like to try to say, like, hey, they oh. referenced it in Charm. I, hey, yes, they referenced I, it in X-Men. Yes, I don't love Star Wars, but I don't hate Star Wars. I like Star I Wars. Know. It's Yeah, so it's, you know, it's whatever. I understand. I will do anything I can to rub things in my co-host's face. <laughs> so I completely get it. Nice. So here we go. Scene one. Space, the final frontier, <laughs> and the scene of a galactic battle. I was just thinking bugs, pew pews, and spaceships. That was just all my brain. Uh, <laughs> you should have just wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> Lelandra, psychically, pleased to Charles to come help her. Oh, in her bug suit. Okay, I was like, who's this bug lady? I forgot. All right. <laughs> and her cross between a wet dream... And a Freddy Krueger nightmare. Ooh. Charles asks Alondra a bunch of questions to no avail. We see multiple ships overtaken and held captive by a larger ship. Alondra keeps saying the same thing with her hand like this. <laughs> no one can see me, but you know what I mean. I'm just... You know, Help me, Charles, Xavier. Xavier wakes up with a start at the realization that they're coming. <laughs> you're my o- your yes. only hope. Here's another Star Wars reference. Help there me, Charles, go, Xavier. You're my only hope. <laughs> I felt like she could have done better about giving him a little more information rather than just help me, Charles Xavier. Help me, Charles Xavier. He's like, yeah, that's why he's like, go there. I don't know why, but go there. <laughs> it, yeah, it's the, it's the biggest thing. And then I, I felt like that opening sequence lasted like five minutes. And like it was Kevin, so long. Like Kevin said, it was like the same thing. Every thir- every thirty seconds, it was just her asking him for help. Pew and pew th- pew pew bug 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 pew pew bug. Yeah, the same ships shooting at each other. I was like, How much longer is this? Do you think they were like, oh shit, we're like two minutes like short of time? Just you know, beef up that beginning. Let's just throw a space battle. Yeah, but I will say, at least the different the spaceships had different colored lasers and i know that that's like an issue for kevin that he he likes the lasers to be different colors <laughs> one of them was still red but the other one was yellow so yeah yeah at least mm-hmm. there was not two cyclops lasers shooting at each other that's true that's <laughs> that's, true. that's very that's very important thank you <laughs> call back to a previous episode of yours yes. i don't remember which one but. me neither <laughs> We love a good callback here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Xavier calls the X-Men to the war room. Kevin feels something deep in his loins come to life as he sees Beast and Wolverine enter in their unmentionables. How did you know? <laughs> oh, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Jubilee, Jean, and Storm are already there. Moments later, Gambit enters from a, a night out. 
Xavier tells everyone his friend Dr. Corbeau is in trouble and he needs the X-Men to board a shuttle to help the good doctor. He tells Storm to aid them, but to remain on Earth. <laughs> okay, yeah. so tell us, Kevin, how much were you excited by Beast in his underwear? It was, you know, it was great. I was mad at Cyclops with his little frumpy little, yeah, he's like wearing pants or whatever, his little, his little robe. I'm like, you know, at least Wolverine has his robe open and he walked in his nice little boxer briefs. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I paid too much attention to these things. It's funny that like Beast's regular outfit was more clothes than his pajamas. I know. Like, I I know. Was, why? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I love when so, uh, Wolverine comes in though, and he talks to Jubilee, and he's like, "Zit cream, whatever." <laughs> They're always picking on Jubilee. I, I, I didn't know what it was at first. I thought it was she was crying. I was, she said, "I was like, I'm so sad." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Sean, I agree. I don't know why she stays with these people. The only person that's, ni- that's nice to her is Storm. Everyone else picks on her in like yeah. every episode. Right. They've called her fat. They've called her sweaty. They've called out her zit cream. Like, yeah, yeah just leave her. Get out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing that I really honed in on in this this little part is Rogue is gone. She's on a mission, but Gambit comes in from a night out. I'm like. Why are you going out and playing while Rogue's away? What were you doing? And he even mm-hmm. just says, like, it wasn't for me. So I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> also, like, in, like, the entire history of, like, the series, like, because it's a cartoon and trying to keep the attention span of children, like, none of the X-Men have ever been, like, on a mission that's not, like, an episode. <laughs> so where is Rogue? Why is she just, what? No. <laughs> she should <Yeah>. be there. <laughs> <laughs> she should be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have our first cameo, so Peter Corbeau. Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. Cameo. This oh. man, this man knows everybody because he started off as uh, in Incredible Hulk 148 in February of 1972. He's also assisted uh, Carol Danvers, and then he was a big part in. The Phoenix Saga. So he he gets mm. around this Mr. Corbeau. All right. It's interesting, too, because the Phoenix Saga starts off a little bit differently. It's pretty close, but uh, the X-Men get taken uh, captive by Sentinels who take them into space. And then oh. Xavier goes to Corbeau to help them get to space to save the X-Men. So they don't, they don't infiltrate. This they whole... don't infiltrate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But that's too much to get into. It's like kind of like the way the cartoon just got to the yeah. point and got there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Professor X looks longingly up at space. Enter Cyclops, who whines about the professor not trusting him. Xavier admits he's afraid of his dreams and still doesn't know what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe this is just me, and I feel like this is something that maybe me and my co-hosts do a lot, and hopefully it isn't awful for your show. I feel like me and my co-hosts uh, sexify a lot of things, and I'm oh like, "That's what, we do that all the time." Everything sexy. When <laughs> Scott came into that room, it was almost like a, just the tone that they had. Xavier was just like, "I was waiting for you to come in here and take me." I was like, what? What? <laughs> "Yeah." 
Tell us the secrets, or at least tell me the secrets. Yeah. What do I don't, have to do for you to tell me what this yeah. mission is actually yeah. about? Don't you trust me? Mm. You should hear Kevin's take on uh, Magneto and Professor X when they're in the Savage Land climbing a cliff, and Magneto looks back and says, I've never climbed one this big, or yeah. something like that. I was very excited. <laughs> so, yeah, we're very horny on this show as well. Okay. Okay. I, look forward to that happening in <laughs> all right i guess it's me mm-hmm. scene four the x-men land at a space facility storm calls on the fog oh <laughs> the way she <laughs> the way she called on her fog the fog dance i loved it she's like and she's just like her head back and everything, arms in the air. <laughs> Diva over here, yes. Um, Real quick, wait, sorry. When, when I was watching this again, preparing for this episode, I was like, you are not subtle or sly or stealth at all. You're just going to stand back and start yelling at the top of your lungs. And right. throw, throw Everybody it. look at me. <laughs> I am a goddess. <laughs> Look at all this fog that showed up, but is there a woman out there getting stabbed? There's just a woman screaming. Sorry, continue. No, it was great. Um, I love it. So Storm calls on the fog to enshroud them all in gray mist. The X-Men minus Storm and Rogue sneak into the facility. Cyclops tells Jubilee she's fat and sweaty, and therefore she has been chosen to... <laughs> and therefore she has been chosen to create a distraction by being caught. Aw. <laughs> oh, as as the team leaves, Jubilee is taken captive by the two guards. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. It's got stuff to say. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought it was cute that uh, Wolverine called Cyclops dad. I thought we were mm-hmm. like one step away from daddy, which I'm I know. For. Ooh, sorry, dad. I was very, I wrote that down in my notes too. I was very excited about that. Uh, of course you did. <laughs> uh, I did appreciate um, Storm's tiger dress from the scene before too. I forgot to mention that the little tiger dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she knows how to dress. <laughs> Yeah. When they when they were sneaking into the facility and stormed in the fog and then they had to jump over the fence, I was like, wait, why is Beast just like throwing these people? Like Jean can move people with her mind. Why, why do we have, to have this whole physicalness of Beast Scott and Wolverine over the fence? And then Beast jumped over the fence with Jean in his arms. What are you yeah. doing, Jean? <laughs> So, so far in this entire episode, we're like almost at the halfway point and Gene hasn't said a word. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. But that will change ever so sh- shortly. Uh, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, Beast, I feel like it's like a show off because even when they go into the facility, he like is like starts like doing his little agility on the walls, like bounce from wall to wall. But nobody's there. I mean, he's just a, sh- a show off, not even to nobody. Um, but... <laughs> And I loved Jubilee's little, like, face when she got caught. She's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? She was the worst actress. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) We're pointing a gun at her and be like, what's actually happening? I will shoot you in the face. Right. (laughs) 
And my question is, she's acting all innocent, but A, she's wearing that outfit. And B, obviously somebody like cut through that metal door and it's just her standing there. I would have a lot of questions for her. I'm sorry. I got lost. (laughs) (laughs) The astronauts prep for flight as our favorite mutants enter and knock them all out. The X-Men suit up for space. Jean manipulates Dr. Corbo's mind into seeing them as the astronauts. Professor X and Storm watch as the X-Men go into space. He senses Jubilee is caught, and him and Storm go into action. Yes, and we get the beautiful dress again that you referred to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very scary feeling, spice. Yeah, very scary spice. And this whole astronaut thing, I was thinking of Fantastic Four again, you know. Let's go into space. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Jubilee tells the guards she just wanted to see the shuttle up close. <laughs> it's so big and powerful, like you're, Mr. Guard. <laughs> Mr. Man. <laughs> I feel dirty. She's like 14. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Strike that from the record. (laughs) A mysterious tornado breaks the window and sucks Jubilee out. The professor waits at a distance for Storm and and Jubilee to appear unharmed. That rescue scene was, like, terrible. It seemed like Jubilee didn't know what was happening. And, like, Storm blasted open a giant glass window. Like, Jubilee wasn't prepared for that. Glass could have went into her eyes. My face, yes. That's true. (laughs) It was the worst rescue. Storm wasn't even seen. It was a tornado went inside, grabbed Jubilee, pulled her out. It was was Oz. It, it, It was Wizard of Oz. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Dylan, you just inspired me. The drawing for this week needs to be Jubilee, like smiling real big with like glass and blood. Just oh my God. <laughs> I'm glad I did that for you because <laughs> I saw it. And I'm like, this is going to be the most minor, stupid detail. That's not even anything to do with the importance of the episode. But Jubilee could have gotten glass in her eye. Yeah, worst rescue from Storm. <laughs> Starcore continues towards Eagle One. We see Eagle One is being controlled by a mysterious man with sexy red gloves. Starcore One lands at Eagle One. Gene, Gene Gasms. Uh, <laughs> it's a trap! Oh. And she goes, yeah. She orders everyone back to the shuttle. Her control over Corbeau wanes just before fast gas is, <laughs> is unleashed on the team. <laughs> They all are knocked unconscious, but they all like try to fight it. No, no, they you know they don't get a chance to use the powers. They fail, but they were ready for it at least. Um, Shiar emissary Eric the Red. The K is important. <laughs> Eric <laughs> opens the door and announces to a room full of unconscious people who he is. I am Eric the Red. <laughs> I am a Shi'ar emissary. Wait, wake up. How come is nobody listening to me? <laughs> I will take you to my gay hell dungeon. Yes. <laughs> Gene did not say a word until 
until she realized that Eric was about to attack. And it wasn't even a word. It was her moaning. And then she's like, it's a trap. And then she moaned more. Like, the first sound that came from her was a gene-gasm. I think that says a lot for this episode, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the episode, there's like 17 times where she moans. Oh, yeah. Like, I was trying to keep track. And then I was like, I can't. This is dumb. We should, we should have a gene moan counter. Why don't we start that? We should. But, yeah, we should. We'll do yeah. that. Yeah. So... The reason I said the K is important is it's there's this weird continuity in the comics. I have a feeling Dylan knows where I'm going because he smiled when I said the K is important. <laughs> um, Cyclops once dressed as Eric the Red, but he spelled it Eric with a C, and he had the exact same costume. He used it to infiltrate um, uh, Mesmero's base to attack Magneto's men, and they've never explained this because Eric the Red later showed up in that costume. So it's like, Cyclops, where did you get that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I only really, yeah, I know the importance of when Cyclops announced himself as Eric the Rat. It was with a C and was never explained. (laughs) The C means Cyclops. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) It's sad uh, for the cartoon in the aspect of... uh, if you read comics and know what Eric the Red looks like, he has little red booty shorts. But yeah. in the cartoon, they changed it. Pants. To he just had red, lo- like red leather pants. Yeah. So. yeah. But I have looked at those booty short pictures and I was like, is this a cosplay? What? I don't know. <laughs> you should. <laughs> it, it could have also been them trying to make up for the fact of. Uh, in a previous episode of the show that introduced Lady Deathstrike, in that cartoon episode, like there was a lot of cleavage showing, and like I think the colorists for the art like messed up, and then like when the episode came out, Fox was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> you revealed a lot of boob." <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, what had happened is the animators were under pressure to, like, animate better. So they animated her boobs, like, to the nines. And the network was like, we can't show that. We can't show that draw shirt on her. Yeah. Yeah. So then they're like, okay, no booty shorts for Eric the Red. Yeah. Make make his entire legs red. (laughs) So speaking of Eric, this is our second cameo. Don't worry about us, Dingo. We'll make sure we can. Uh, he first appeared as Eric the Red, not as Cyclops in disguise, in X-Men uh, 97, which I found very fitting, X-Men 97. <laughs> um, his name is Davin Shikari, and it's funny because there's this British band I really like called Enter Shikari, and they said they got their name <laughs> from like a childhood joke, and I'm like, there's only one place I've heard Shikari. I know where you got it from, admit yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Inside Shikari. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eric reports to Emperor Deken that the shuttle has been neutralized. He realizes that this is not the original flight team and orders Corbeau taken to the control room. He leaves the others to be shot out the airlock. Jean wakes up just in time to attempt to save them. Their captors seem to have some kind of psi shielding. At scenes got close to death, Jean is able to manipulate 
the controls directly to close the Buzz Lightyear door. <laughs> she <laughs> saves the team. She points out that the shuttle workers have a mind control device implanted in their necks. Scott says to worry about that later. Now the time is to save Corvo. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you have to admit, that door looks straight out of Buzz Lightyear. Like, Toy Story should sue. Yeah. Well, you know, well... <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they got it from here <laughs> true. true there was so much in this scene that it was just like there was no dialogue for gene it was just scott that was the only sounds that happened in this entire scene I know. I once heard the voice actress say, like, sometimes she was uncomfortable with how much, like, it just sounds like she's having sex the whole time. <laughs> but so entertaining. <laughs> but so entertaining. <laughs> Iconic. Gene, save your, trying to save the team. Make a moan. Ah, Gene, try to take over the minds of the astronauts. Ah! It was just... <laughs> make a moan for every action. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Eric the Red explains a vortex on a screen. He tells Corbeau that he aims to use the wormhole to mount a surprise attack on the Landra. Eric tells Corbeau he's been spying on Earth and he's sick of being around such primitive life. Enter our X-Men. They easily dispatch their captors, Kevin. Easily dispatch. Yeah. In the battle, the ship is compromised. Eric and his crew escape on his ship. Cyclops orders everyone to save the crew and get to the shuttle. Get to the shuttle! Get to the shuttle! <laughs> it, all, it all happened so very fast. It, it, it was like, oh, the X-Men open the door and then like immediately defeat everyone in like 20 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And it's funny because as I was watching this episode, I'm like, I remember where it ends, but how do we get there? Because we're already halfway through and you're right. <laughs> yeah. It all just happened yeah. so quick. Yeah. yeah. Like there should have been more of this and less of the bug spaceships at the beginning yeah. shooting at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that battle lasted longer than this one. That's crazy. <laughs> Scene 10. Eric with a K reports in to the Ken with a K in the middle and at the mission. Oh my god. <laughs> that the mission has gone haywire, but he'll soon dispatch Lalandra's sympathizers. He guides the ship around for an attack. <laughs> there you go. In the middle. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the X-Men make a narrow escape as the space station explodes. The X-Men hit Eric's ship, but in doing so, they are put on a course directly towards the Shi'ar ship's exhaust trail. As Cyclops does everything to try to save Gene, she immobilizes him. Gene plans on taking Corbeau's knowledge of flying and piloting the ship from the cockpit. She, she'll be exposed to the radiation, but she's hopeful she can withstand it by erecting a psi shield. Wolverine, oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> Wolverine tells her, good luck and don't fuck it up. She kisses him. Aw. Aw. 
Wolverine finally got some. Her little little cheek kiss. <laughs> yeah. He only gets some after she knocks Scott out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> In the cockpit, Jean powers up and majorly Jean gasms. She screams as the radiation overtakes her and the dreaded to be continued appears. Dun dun dun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's our first part. We we end on Jean dying. <laughs> oh, does she? I mean, what? What? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So how do we feel about part one? Is this extreme or X out? Do I go first? Sure, if you want yes. to. <laughs> um, you can finish first. I have multiple finishing moves and I have multiple finishing times. It's uh, great. Oh, sorry. I couldn't wait. I'm <laughs> finished. Okay. There you go. Um, I would say yes because it's the start of something bigger. <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah. It probably wouldn't be my favorite of the, the saga, but it's good to get us going. How about you, Dylan? Um, I'm going <laughs> to say younger Dylan really loved this. And I'm going to say older Dylan is like on the fence. And it has nothing to do with me like knowing the comics and everything. It's just like the more I think about it, it's like, why didn't Storm and Bro go on this mission? Because it would have gone a lot differently and like nothing bad would have happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. the gap came into that room storm would have taken care of that like or rogue would have just like flew through that door or <laughs> something. Like, yeah. nothing bad would have happened on this mission it would have went super <laughs> well and it would have been a happy ending if storm and rogue were on the mission so it's like yeah. they purposely took certain pieces off so the story could actually happen for the cartoon um that's very so true. i'm in i'm in the middle Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I mean, Kevin's right. This isn't the most exciting of the Phoenix saga, but it is the beginning of the Phoenix saga, so I'm going to keep it in extreme, but you bring up some very good points <laughs> because the Luwalds have said before like Rogue and Storm are the most powerful X-Men on this team, and yeah, we for some reason that. Charles was like, "Eh, you guys stay here and just watch TV with me." <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe Xavier was like, "Oh, something bad might happen. They might all die. I'm gonna keep Storm here <laughs> because I need the most powerful X Man here to guard me. I don't know what's happening, but I'll I'll just keep Storm." There aren't enough crew members on their team to get everybody on there. You know, <laughs> they have to like what? to a switcheroo, you know, no, 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 from the original team. Oh, oh yeah, that that could have been yeah a, a thing. The original astronauts, there was only right, five, right, five right. of them, so that right. makes sense. That makes sense. But I mean, yeah. like, what purpose did you? But does Gambit bring? He's I not know, that I smart. Know. <laughs> <laughs> other people. Yeah. I mean, Beast is smart. Cyclops is a leader. Wolverine's Wolverine. Gene's Gene. Like Gambit didn't need to be there. <laughs> you should have said Storm or Rogue. <laughs> 
Yeah. What if there's a uh, outtake where Rogue comes back to the mansion and she's like, "Hey, Shug, I got your lotto ticket. What I miss?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just something stupid like that. <laughs> and the mansion will be destroyed or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe Xavier just wanted some alone time with Strong oh. and Rogue. Oh. So. That's, that's very true. He he kept back the hot ones. Sorry, yeah, Gene. In, in comics, he's a bit a bit pervy. So like, why not in the cartoon? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll keep well, Storm and Rogue here, and there's some space bug lady on her way too. So I'm just at my party. I just realized though, he also kept Jubilee back. So did he yes. just send her to a room to play video games while he has his way with the woman? Yes. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Here's some money. Go to the mall. Go get yourself some chili fries. <laughs> but if there's a sock on the mansion door gate when you come back, <laughs> oh no. If there's a storm cloud over the mansion, you don't come back. <laughs> oh, <that's> disturbing. <laughs> yes, I've never thought about Storm and Xavier having sex until this podcast. Thank you. There you for go. Ruining Storm for me. It's because you wore a Nightwing hat to an X Men podcast, so we had to I do know. something. I, I was like, I, I need to be presentable because I just had a tank top on. And I was like, I have 800 X-Men t-shirts. And I put on an Avatar, Avatar shirt. I, I see him. Yeah. I see <laughs> and a Nightwing hat. And I'm like, this was not planned good at all. That's all right. I have something I have to admit to everybody. I'm wearing this. <laughs> You're shirt. This is perfect. See? Yeah. I, have, I have Nightwing colors on. There you go. So I'm trying to fit in Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> this is me and Sean thing. You can wait your turn. You okay, already yeah. finished. Let me and Sean have our time. I know. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. I couldn't wait again. <laughs> I have a Nightwing figure over there. Okay. All right. Let's. Back. We're not here to talk about Nightwing. We're here to talk about <laughs> X-Men. <laughs> what would you say is the X-Factor, Kevin? <sighs> <laughs> well, we didn't do MXP yet, did we? MXP first. Oh, we didn't. Let's let's rewind. Okay, <laughs> what did you say is the MXP? <laughs> so MXP, I'm gonna. Well, I, my initial instinct was to say Jean because she was like doing all like the action at the end. But then I'm like talking to you know over. I'm like, oh, maybe not. I'm gonna say Storm for her fog dance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> How about uh, you, Dylan? Well, I, I had two prepared, and Kevin took one of them. So okay. uh, I, I am, I, to rewind earlier when I said, quote unquote, my thoughts on Gene, I actually really hate Gene. <laughs> I, I mean, she, she, I think she is the MXP of this episode, even though she just moaned through the whole episode. She did everything. Like, yeah. Literally, we're going to die. And she moaned her way to saving them. And yeah. Yeah. So, I guess Jean is the best character in this episode. I just love how angry you are about the moaning. <laughs> I'm angry about Jean in general. <laughs> but yeah. There was just I I have rewatched the cartoon a few times, but I didn't realize how much she moaned in this episode. Like I knew she moaned a lot in the entire series, but like this episode, like the first sound that came from her was a moan. And I was like, no. Wow. 
well, for me, I'm going to say Jubilee because for excellent acting. No. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Jean. Like, this was her episode. Yeah. They set her up to, like, be the savior. And she saved them twice in this episode with the door and with the piloting right. of the ship. So. And the fact that she made that side shield before she, before the gas came, I started a side shield. And it must have protected me a little bit. Oh, and so, yep. <laughs> so she was doing a lot. You know, that was my in- instinctual reaction to say her, you know. Actually, I'm going to give it to Rogue. <laughs> I, 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 it did cross my mind. I was thinking about Rogue too. Not being there. You, <laughs> you saved yourself a lot of trouble. <laughs> Gambit's apparently cheating on you, so uh, <laughs> good yeah. thing you didn't stick around. Exactly. You don't want to see that happening. <laughs> All right. Now, Kevin, how about the X Factor? X Factor. I'm just going to say space. <laughs> I'm making it really simple this episode. It's like space is where they go. Lots of things happen in space. Lots of characters from space. Space. Touche. <laughs> How about you, Dylan? This one's hard for me, so you go. I okay, I'll go. For me, I'll keep it simple, too. I'm going to say... The Phoenix, because the Phoenix, ever since this was written, has pretty much dominated most of the X-Men storylines and still is to this day. So I think it's the thing that made X-Men as iconic as it is today. And it holds up in this uh, cartoon as well. Mm. I'm going to say love. Because (gasps) Xavier loves this woman he's never met. And he's willing to throw his children into space and not even tell them what it's about for her to get to Earth so he can have sex with her. Yeah. Oh he my. doesn't even know what she looks like. That's a really and, good point. I never thought about that. Yes. And Jean's love for her team and all that nonsense. But yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm going. You're not going to stop me. Uh. <laughs> uh. and wolverine's love for cyclops as he calls him dad (laughs) yes yes my heart is so full and my heart on too oh (laughs) (laughs) so for this week's previously on question i thought we'd have a little fun with it i want to know from both of you and from our listeners where did Gambit go all dressed up while Rogue was away? <laughs> I mean, he looked really nice. Like, he, like his suit is, like, the trashiest X-Men suit in a, in a way. Like, he just looks not great. But he gets all in a suit and, like, has his hair back in a ponytail because Rogue's gone. And he went and had fun with someone. Like, why do you get dressed up for... Some one we don't know, but yeah, and you're you're doing it while Rogue's away. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> so wrong. You know what? He had pro- <laughs> oh, I know who it is. I know who it is. It's that lady from the first episode who is like winking at him. <laughs> oh, at the mall. <laughs> oh, at the card trick. Using yeah. card tricks for her. <laughs> card tricks for a trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that um, 
he was spying on Rogue, and when he went in her room while she was away, he broke her favorite vase. So he had to get all dressed up to go on dates to earn money to replace the vase before she gets home. <laughs> Classic Brady Bunch style. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's very sitcom. In the convertible going, hey, groovy chick. Yes. <laughs> Clowns never laughed before. <laughs> Eagles never flew. Anyway, all right. <laughs> all right. This was fun. For, so for next week, we're coming back for Phoenix Saga Part 2, The Dark Shroud. Kevin, do you have oh. any recollection of what this episode's about? No. <laughs> the Phoenix I, is in it. I, 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 I mean, can't remember any of these episodes. Yeah, I'm like, this is like, I mean, when I watch them, they have familiarity, but I'm not going to know, because I don't know, I didn't know titles, you know, I'm just like watched them. So I know the Starjammer has probably come around at some point. I don't know when, <laughs> but I'm excited for that. I'm excited for some Corsair action, but, uh, <laughs> but that's all I know. I don't know. <laughs> I, oh, I make a guess. I guess since we saw the Phoenix face, that will have some... Like battle in the brain. <laughs> I liked your battle in the brain. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Um, I know you know what happens in this next episode, but where can people find you? Uh, everybody can find me over at my own X Men podcast show thing. Uh, we recap the previous week's new X Men books and. My show is called House of X Podcast. And if you're somebody who still uses Facebook, I have an X-Men Facebook group that's also called House of X. Yeah! And if you want to see my cosplays that, like, Sean and Kevin talked about uh, on Instagram and Twitter, my name is Warpath underscore Dylan, and Dylan is D-Y-L-A-N. No K. No K in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely going to... uh, brush the dust off my Facebook and I'm going to join your group. That's exciting. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Kevin, where can we find you? Oh yeah. Well, you can find me my personal page, KGZ87, where all of the cosplays and sexy modeling and rando stuff is. Uh, <laughs> and then you can find me at my other podcast, Words of the Witches, about the child books. And we're on a hi- hiatus right now, but we're com- coming back October. Sean is joining me. We're going to start with the comics ah! of Charmed. I uh, know, crazy. So <laughs> that's coming soon. Awesome. And yes, you can find me on uh, Marvelous Galaxy of Disney, where we recap that week's uh, Star Wars, Marvel, and Disney news. Or you can find me on Once Upon a Cult. Actually, this week I interviewed Helen Zuman from the Zendik Cult. So I found out all about from her what it was like living in a commune that was very culty. Mm hmm. <laughs> and you could find me on instagram sean.fret with a k in the middle and you can find a link free to all of our projects yay i wanted to mention also uh last year kevin was on my podcast uh it is episode 81 uh we did a a review of yes of the pride issue that marvel came out with yeah, very fun. We tried. <laughs> we tried to have a representative of 
LGBT on our show. And we had everybody except for the L because they canceled at the last minute. So I know. So close. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, this was fun. I'm definitely excited to uh, continue talking about the Phoenix saga with people who love X-Men. Like, this is so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting all the guests, and so Sean doesn't know who is coming on. I, yeah. I surprise him with all the people, so. Oh. I didn't know it was going to be you, Dylan, until you came on. I didn't know. You didn't? Oh, no. that's awesome. It was a, it was a kill surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fun. I should do that to my co-host. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start Ooh. just bringing guests on. She, she'll never know who they are. <laughs> Look what you've done. <laughs> All right, Sexy Xies, thank you for listening. And we will be back with you next week for the Dark Shroud. Ooh, yes, darkness. <laughs> with a candle. Uh, Thanks for having me. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Thank you. <laughs>